Blog Talk Radio. Ashe, Ashe, my life is a good life. Ashe, Ashe, my life is good. Ashe. Agape International Choir welcoming you this morning with Arne Batson. That was our choir dancing. We standing on solid ground and... Good evening and welcome to another episode of Warrior Woman Radio. I am your host, Khadija Ali, and today is Thursday, June 25th, and it is 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
And I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. Of course, you can find us here twice a week now. We've gone from once a week now to twice a week, Mondays and Thursday evenings, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And tonight's guest is a good friend, more like a sister to me, and I am honored to have her on the show. And when you hear her incredible story, you will be inspired as well. Christina Saunders is a certified spirit-led Christian coach. Christina received her certification from His Coach Academy in October 2014, and her mission is to help women walk in their God-given purpose by equipping them with the tools they need they need to move forward. Christina has taught the teleclass on soul ties, overcoming rejection, and the importance of forgiveness. She is a domestic survi- domestic violence survivor of over 20 years, and she began volunteering with Interact, which is located here where I live at in Raleigh, because it was once a safe haven for her, and now she volunteers at the Women's Shelter in New Bern, North Carolina. This cause is very dear to her heart, along with human trafficking, and it is her passion to show victims that they can live a joyous life after the violence. She is currently working on the launch of her CD and workbook, The Five Steps to Breaking Soul Ties and Setting Yourself Free, which is part of what we're going to be talking about tonight, Breaking Soul Ties. And she also plans to have her book released this year entitled Broken. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Christina Saunders to the show. Sis, are you here on the line? Can you hear me? I am here. Yes! (laughs) How are you? I am doing fantastic, sis. I'm having a wonderful, wonderful day, and I'm having an even better day now that you are here on the line with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. Great, great, great. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, like I tell everyone who comes on the show, sit back, relax. It is a very informal atmosphere We're going to pretend like we are sitting in front of each other, having a nice glass of wine or sparkling cider, whichever one you choose. (laughs) Sounds good. I'm not not advocating anything. I'm just saying. um, I hear you. And we just happen to be on, on the radio having the conversation. So there is a lot to talk about. Um, we do have time to, to get into a, quite a few things. Um, okay. But I guess the first thing I wanted to, to talk about or, or have you talk about is your story. You know, what is your what has been your story? You're, you know, I read your bio. You're a domestic violence survivor, which is I love to hear people say survivor or thriver, yes. never victim. You yes, know? So, yes, yes. Tell us a little bit about I, your, your story. You know, you, you are a victim at some point, but then at mm-hmm. another point you have to become a survivor. You can't Absolutely. you can't live in that victim status because if you mm-hmm. stay there, then you might as well count life is over. 
For me, I was very young. You know, I I got into the relationship. I was 18. And, you know, that relationship was a toxic relationship, but it was toxic on both parts. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had some issues. He had some issues. And for me to sit back and say that it was one-sided, then I would be telling a lie. So we, we both oh. had some toxic behavior. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I, you yeah. know what? This is this is good. This is good because um, you don't always hear people talk from that perspective. No, you, that, you you rarely hear people talk on that perspective. <laughs> okay, okay. And whether, and you're on the same You know, page. whether it's whether it's a domestic violence relationship or whether it's just a relationship that went bad, you never really hear people talk about what they did wrong. We always mm. want to talk about what the other person did, but we don't want to talk about what we did. And you know, well, I'm we brought very to the open table about mm-hmm. what I brought to the table because I was a serial cheater. Mm. You know, that that was my claim to fame. I was a serial cheater. And I I don't say that to say it justifies what a person did. I say that to say that I take ownership for my part in that relationship. Right. Because that was my wrong. I mm. decided that I wanted to be in a committed relationship with someone, but I also wanted to go out here and do what I wanted to do. So that was my role in the relationship. He had his role, I had my role. And I'm not saying that because I don't want anyone to get it twisted and think, oh, well, she's saying this, that what he did justifies it because she was a cheater. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I own up to what I did wrong in the relationship. Absolutely. I, I think that, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think our, our listeners will definitely get that. And I think that a lot of times, like, you know, we were both saying in the beginning, you always hear one side and you hear about what, what the other person did mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. was wrong with them and not acknowledging the fact that, you know, you came in with your own baggage, right? Mm-hmm. So it's two people coming yes. in with their own set mm-hmm. of, beliefs mm-hmm. or own set of baggage, for lack of a better word, Absolutely. you know, coming together for this relationship. And, um, you know, I, I just want to honor you for for taking the stance that you're taking um, on this phone tonight uh, oh, because, yeah. you know, we just don't hear it. We don't hear it from that perspective. So can you tell us a little bit about... Um, where did the relationship go to the left in terms of the, the 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 violence? You know, when did that start? How how was that for you? I think that it went to the left after I had my first child. It was almost as if once I had the child, then I became the possession. Mm. And it was no longer a relationship. It was more of an ownership. Mhm, mhm, and once it became an ownership, then it was do as I say, not as you want to do, like you were doing before, but this is how it's gonna be from here on out, 
And I wasn't the type of person that was going to be bound by someone telling me what to do. I had that rebellious spirit, you know. Well, he's not going to tell me what to do. And it was never physically violent in the beginning. It was more of the verbal control in the beginning. That's how it starts. <laughs> it starts, yes, absolutely. It was mm-hmm. the verbal control. It was, every, you know, it was being talked down to, um, just feeling like I have to stay here because you've been beat down so bad and nobody else is going to want going to want to be with you. Then when you do something wrong, I, I think the first time it ever really got physical, I remember sneaking out with my girlfriends. My mom was watching my baby. And my girlfriend was like, you want to go out? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going I'm to go out. And so mm-hmm. I called him and told him I was going somewhere. I don't even remember where I said I was going. I got dressed <laughs> and went out. And we're in the club having a good time, and I look up and see my girlfriend's face. And right then I knew. I was like, this is getting ready to be real ugly. And when I Uh turned around, he was standing behind me, and I remember him grabbing me by my throat. Mm. And he was pushing me out the door of the club. Mm-hmm. And as he was pushing me, I grabbed him, and we fell down some stairs. That was the first time that it got physical. Mm. And once you cross that line, it's hard to come back from. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, once once you've crossed that line, it's, it's crossed, and, and it's hard to come back from that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, now you, so now you've got the physical in it. It so did it just escalate and it got so it got worse, progressively worse and worse and worse with each oh yeah with absolutely. each incident. Okay. With each incident, it got worse and worse. And mm-hmm. you know, I I remember times hearing, you know, I don't want to I don't want to be like this. And you go through the the crying phase and oh it's okay mm-hmm. I forgive you. You know I'm not gonna do this again. You you go through all those stages. And as a woman, you would love to believe that this is not going to happen again, but I'm here to tell you, it's going to happen again. Mm. And each time it happens, it's going to get worse and worse. Right. Right. And, I mean, it progressed (laughs) for us to the point of once the last, the last time that I had been beat, mm-hmm. I couldn't go to work. And when I did go to work, my supervisor said, I've been noticing bruises on you. What is going on? Mm-hmm. And I remember breaking down at work because I had my leg banded up. I had a long sleeves. It was hot because I didn't want anybody to see my arms. Mm-hmm. And I made the decision that this is just enough. And I told him I was done. Mm-hmm. I made that decision with the thought of if I stay, he will kill me. If I go, he may kill me. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I might as well just take my chance. Right. And that's what I did. And it wasn't until a few weeks later that we had the last altercation where I, he called me to come get my daughter. I went to go pick her up. And as I drove up, when he turned around and looked at me, 
I knew at that very moment I had cut my car off and was about to get out. And when I looked up at him, I was like, God, I am going to die tonight. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And he jumped in my car and held me at knife point. Mm. And he stabbed me three times in the chest. Mm-hmm. And I remember just praying, Lord, if you just get me out of this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but God saw fit to give me an escape route, and I got away. And when I got to where I felt safe, I remember my cousin opening the door, and I passed out as he opened the door. Mm-hmm. When I came to again, you know, I was at the hospital. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I knew, I knew that night I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. It was just a look in his eye. It was and just it was a, a look. feeling was, that came over you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a look. I looked at him and it was like I was looking at somebody I had never seen before. Even with uh-huh. all the other incidences that we had, mm-hmm. I had never seen this look. And this look here was just totally different, and I knew that I was going to die that night. Mm. So, did he say anything to you? In the in, the, so did, were you driving away, or were you just in the car? I mean, I was actually he, getting out of the car when he mm-hmm. jumped in, and he pulled me back in and stuck the knife to my throat and told me to start the car. Mm-hmm. And when I started a car, he was like, drive, and I'll tell you where to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you came yeah. to, when you came to, and you were in the hospital. And what was yes. your first thought when you opened your eyes? My mother was standing over top of me. Mm-hmm. And when I saw her face, I knew everything was okay. Mm. You know. Wow. I mm-hmm. saw her and she was in tears. Mm-hmm. But even in the tears, I knew I was safe. Right, right, right. You had to be safe if the first thing you open your eyes and you see your yes. mother. Girl, <laughs> you know, like, let me tell you. Ooh, I you told her if I never, if I never saw her any other time, I was glad to see her tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see you now. I am glad. I was glad, glad, glad mm-hmm. to see her face. I was glad mm-hmm. to see her face, and I saw her and and my uncles, and when I saw all of them, I, I was like, okay, uh, I can breathe. Right, and I think right. I just let out this sigh. It was like this sigh of relief. And then I just mm-hmm. broke down. Mm-hmm. Because then the thought hits you. This could have went a whole totally way. Mm-hmm. in a whole other way. Mm-hmm. It could have not opened your eyes at all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think I cried for a while before they were able to get me calm enough to even, like, have the police come in and talk to me at all. Right. The trauma. It's trauma. Oh, man. Trauma <laughs> is is so, so real. And some people would think that 
after a certain amount of time, oh, you're supposed to be over it. Well, that's not how how it works. Right. Because there are little things, even right now today, it's 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I still to this day cannot stand the smell of bleach because he washed his hands and the knife off with bleach and came back and got in the car. Oh, okay. And I, I can't use any products that have bleach in them right now today. Mm-hmm. They literally make me it's sick a, to my stomach. It's an imprint in your in your in your in your mind. Absolutely. And an imprint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it was a long time before I would go outside in the dark. It was a long time before I would sleep in my room mm-hmm. in the dark. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different things that just they stay with you no matter, you know, how hard you try. It's just little things. And, right. you know, for people, I just hate to hear people tell other people when they've been through something tragic after a get certain amount of time, you should be over it because that's just not the way. You never get over it. The mind works. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn to deal. Yes. You learn to yes. equip yourself to move on. Mm-hmm. But it's an event that happened in your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it's a Absolutely. part of your it's a part of your story. So how do you tell somebody? Oh, you just need to be over that. You know, and I was right. pregnant at the time when this happened. Oh my gosh! Now and that I didn't know I, didn't I was know. pregnant. Yeah, I didn't know I was pregnant at the time. I had the muscles in my hand. Um, were cut where I was trying to block the knife. So when I went in to have surgery was when they told me I was pregnant. Wow. Wow. And so about six months later, I went into labor early and had my son. Mm-hmm. And he did not survive. Mm-hmm. And two mm-hmm. weeks after I had him, I almost died again. I got an infection. And when my grandmother found me, I was hemorrhaging to death. When they got me to the hospital, I had to have four units of blood. Oh, and my I goodness. I ended up in the hospital for about two weeks. Yeah. My gosh. So, you know, this is, this is I you know, I, I, I know you, so I know parts of the story. And, but... You know, someone can tell you the outer parts of the story, but then there's mm-hmm. the inner parts of the story because there's the story from the perspective of the person who actually went through the experience. And so um, I'm sitting here and I'm overcome with emotion because to see who you are today, to see the strength that of the person that you are today, um, it just makes me love and respect you that much more because you have turned your life into a testimony. You are now a Christian, you know, life coach, and, you know, you, you're volunteering and you're giving of yourself, and, you know, my hat goes off to you, and I have so much respect for you, and I love you immensely. Um, and I want to talk about, I want to talk about soul ties because mm-hmm. even though this happened and mm-hmm. I, I know he went to jail, correct? He he did yes. spend time yes. in jail. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. What was that process like for you, breaking soul ties with this person? Because physically and he's gone, but he's physically gone, but I'm mm-hmm. still tied. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't even when he was in prison that I even because I didn't even know what a soul tie was when he went to prison. Right. Even in the midst of him going to prison, still drawn to this man, mm-hmm. it was almost like having an addiction to drugs. Yes. Like he yes. was, he was my crack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I hear people ask when the well, I, well, I don't understand why they go back. But what you don't understand is there's a control thing, and then there's that soul type thing. Yes, and I was tied to this man and and had no clue or understanding of what it meant to be tied to him because I had given myself to him, and he was definitely not my husband. Right. And in that, it was years and years and years later mm-hmm. before I even knew. I was in my 30s. Khadijah, when I, I, I went to an elder of the church and was talking to her, and she mm-hmm. actually gave me the information. I was in my late 30s, because mm-hmm. even after he got out of prison, I went back and forth with this man, even after he was released from prison. Wow. So that's how strong it is, and that's how serious it is, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm very, praying to God. Serious. That if someone is on this line via online, whether it's on the phone, listen to this story. Listen to this story. This man almost killed her. And because of the soul tie, she was still drawn to him, still going back and forth. He almost killed still, her. Girl, still drawn to him. If, if I went months without talking to him. I'd mm-hmm. see him in my dreams. I could be out mm-hmm. somewhere and see somebody that looked like him. Mm-hmm. That's how serious this was. Talking to the elder and she was explaining to me what soul ties were, she gave me a packet. And I went home and I read that packet and I'm just sitting there like, oh, my God, this is this is me. This is it. Right. <laughs> this is me. I am so linked to him until it's not even funny. Right. You know, right. and I had to. But with soul ties, you, know, you have to make yeah, a I was say, decision. Give people a definition, a working definition of exactly what soul ties is because I understand what soul ties is. I mean, you know, you understand mm-hmm. what it is. But for our listeners, just so they know, you know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. When when I speak of soul ties, I want people to understand that we oftentimes look at things in the natural realm. When mm-hmm. I'm speaking, I'm speaking in the spiritual realm of our souls being knitted together with someone. When when if you if you if you go to Genesis two twenty four, you know that it says, "Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife." Well, you know, cleave mm-hmm. means to stick, to cling to. So if you're right. thinking about in the spiritual realm and our souls, our souls are knitted together. The minute we lay down and give ourselves to that person, 
we are admitting ourselves to that person. And once they deposit in us, we have taken on everything that they have. Mm-hmm. Their history, the people they've been with. Everything, is. everything, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you, you know, know, I'm, I'm getting that comments, is... Christina, that uh, <laughs> one person said, O.M., Miss Saunders is dropping the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad that today. you are hearing yes. it. You are hearing it because I, I think that, and I say this a lot, when I go back to being a child in church, we always hear that you don't need to fornicate. But no one never gives the spiritual consequences Why? of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that spiritual consequence is when you tie yourself to someone that God did not intend to be your husband, you have taken on every spirit that that person has, whether it's addiction, lying, cheating, stealing, right. whatever it right. is, they have deposited that into you, and you have taken on something that maybe you didn't even have before, and then all of a sudden you catch yourself, I'm telling lies constantly. Why I keep lying? Well, because you don't slept with somebody they done deposited in you, and they got a lying spirit, and now you're walking around with that same spirit that person had. It is very important right. that we understand it is not so much about just going out here and having sex with someone else. It's about your soul. When you lay down with that person, you have tied your soul to that person. And everything right. that is negative about them is now deposited inside of you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us about the process of what you, what did you do to break it? You know, I know that you're in the process of working on your CD and your workbook. You know, you you call it five steps to breaking the soul ties. And can you talk to us a little bit about what those, you know, give us a little snippet of each one, you know, what those five steps contain and and how to break yourself free of this because this is, well, the first step was understanding what a soul tie is mm-hmm, and how a mm-hmm. soul tie is formed. And it's just not by a sexual relationship that a soul tie is, is, is formed. You know, when you start making vows and commitments to people, you know, and I've, I've said those vows, I'm never going to love anybody the way that I love you. Whoa. There you go tying yourself be careful to of your words. You yes. have to be careful of your words because what you speak out of your mouth into the atmosphere may come to pass. Be careful of your words. Be mm-hmm. careful of linking yourself to different organizations and different communities because if you don't know what those organizations and communities are founded upon, then here you mm-hmm. are linking yourself to something that is not godly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And once you link yourself to something that is not godly, you have always, there you go with that little door cracked open for mm-hmm. the enemy to come in and do whatever. All right. We have to stop thinking in the natural and start thinking in the spiritual realm. That's the number one problem. So until mm-hmm. you understand what soul ties are and put in that work, you're not gonna right. be you're not gonna be free. Right. The second thing I had to do was decide. I had to make a conscience decision because it's all about what you decide to do, to forgive that person, 
for what they did to me, and I also had to forgive myself for whatever wrong I played in the situation. Right. And people need to to understand that when others do you wrong, always look at what role you played in that situation. Yeah, take because we love to play. Yeah, we love to play the blame game. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we have to be responsible for our own actions. Whatever right. you did, whatever you said, take the time to go back and, and, and revisit that. And, and it's not absolving the person, spirit. and it's no, not absolving the person not. of of, of their not. their role. It's just you taking full responsibility for what you brought to the table. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, mm-hmm. to me, that that's that's a very important thing. It's a decision that you have to make. The right. third thing I had to do was take an inventory. I had to take an inventory of every photo, every card, every letter. All right, here. <laughs> every Talk gift, about it. every gift that was ever given to me, mm-hmm. and I had to destroy it. You know, we 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 sometimes like, oh God, especially jewelry. When a man gives us yes. jewelry, we don't want to let that jewelry go, honey. We want to hold no. on to that piece of jewelry with dear life. This the best thing he ever gave me. I'm not giving right. this away. Girl, you better take that down to the gold place to see how much money you can get for that ring. Take it to the pawn shop or do something, but get it out your house. That necklace, right. those earrings, that ring, whatever it is. That lingerie that he gave you, burn it. Those letters, right. burn them. Those Valentine cards, birthday, Christmas, whatever it was, get rid of That's them. That's right. What do you need them for? Yep, what you because, holding on to? Yep. You holding on to it. Why? Why are right. you holding on? Right. What is it benefiting you to hold on to any of that stuff? What's the benefit in it? Right. There were photos that I gave to my daughter because they were of him and her. This is her father. That's her father. So I removed them out of my possession and I gave them to my child so that she would have something because she didn't really have anything. So, you know, but these are yours and here you go. Right. I don't have to see them. I don't have to reminisce. I don't have to do any of that. Let that stuff go. That stuff is not benefiting you. What are you holding on to it for? Get rid of it. That's right. That's right. It has sentimental value. Well, what's the sentiment in it? That's right. what I want to know. What, what, what is Why it? are you holding on to the sentiment? <laughs> you know, what is what is that doing for you? The only thing it's doing for you healing. is giving you a late night dream in the middle of the night when you see him in your sleep. <laughs> Get rid of it. Right. That's right. That's right. You are saying nothing but the truth on this phone, and that can go for for any type of relationship. I have to interject that because um, my very my very first show that I did was on the being the other woman, and I had uh, Reverend Latanya Hayward mm. coming coming on talking about being the other woman, and um, 
that was one of the things that she and I both agreed on for our healing. Oh, yeah. Because we both had been in affairs with, uh, with married men. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was talking to someone recently about how I got rid of my bed. I didn't want, I didn't even want the bed that I had slept in Girl, to bring to carry with me. <laughs> you know, like it was that, like I packed up all the little knickknacks and all the mementos and yes. took that stuff to, to Goodwill and said, you know, take it because I knew if I kept any little thing that every time I saw that one thing, it was going to mm-hmm. remind me and it was going to take me back to a situation or to a time, and I knew in order for me to move forward, I didn't need mm-hmm. any of that. I needed to put it Girl. behind me. Yeah. yeah. And let me say, because I can hear this mm-hmm. right now, I can't mm-hmm. afford to buy a new bed. Okay, well, can you afford the wallet in that bed that you was in with that man, and then at night you sitting there thinking about, Lord, I wish he was here with me. Can you afford to do right. that? Right. Can you afford to be stuck with somebody who don't really want to be with you? Can you afford to do that? That's right. That's right. Get your air mattress until you can afford it to the bed. Get rid of it. <laughs> Please I mean, talk I, about know, it, girl. You know me. You know I just I'm real one hundred percent. Yes, you are, and I love it. I mean, That's I have gotten rid of a, a a brand new living room set mm-hmm. that I purchased with somebody. Got mm-hmm. rid of it, sold it, and got me a new one. I, I don't That's want, right. you don't need anything to remind you of a past where you felt stuck. Mm-hmm. And if you want to move forward, you're going to have to make a decision within yourself to say, you know what, I'm tired, I don't want to be here anymore, and it is time for me to move on. Because right. until you do that, Everything that I'm saying to you right now is going to be just no. It's it's not mm-hmm. even going to matter until you make the right. decision. You have to decide and you have to be willing to put in the work. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. It's a process. But you have to be willing to go through the process. Does the process hurt? Girl, it hurts so bad sometimes it feels oh, like somebody man. is sucker punching you in the stomach. It hurts. But if you don't see it through to the end, you will forever be stuck where you are, period. Mm -hmm. You know, is that that tying into, you know, number four? um, Number four is um, Mm -hmm. renouncing any vows or commitments that you made to the other person. Okay. You know, that I will never... I'll never be happy with another man. I'll always love him. He was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. All of that, you are going to have to renounce those things. Those are things that you have spoken out of your mouth. That's right. And in order, I mean, not even just with those vows, with any commitments or agreements that you made, you know, I hear women sometimes and a man will be like, oh, you're going to always be with me. Well, you done made an agreement. Yeah, I'm going to always be yours. You, that's an agreement you've made with him. And we think those things are little things. Those things yes. aren't little. They're, they're, they're great. They're, they're gigantic things. They're not little things. 
right? That's why we have to be careful of the tongue mm-hmm. and the things that we say, you know. I mean, I I even went so far as to write a list of every person that I ever slept with, and I, I went through this step with each one because I was like, I don't want to be tied to nobody. When I finally right. say I do, I want to be free and know that I'm going to be tied to my husband and that's the person that I'm going to be tied to. That's right. And my last step was step five mm-hmm. was to pray a prayer to break those soul ties. You know, and in working in the workbook, I, I am actually going to put some of those those prayers together. Prayers yeah, you know, but one of one of the prayers that I I had I put was you know I break and cut any ungodly soul ties that were formed between myself and the other person as a result of fornication, abuse, etc. Whatever it was, mm-hmm. because you're going to have mm-hmm. to call those things out. You know, don't be general. Make sure that you are calling each thing out as it should be. Right. And these are things that you may have to, girl, you may have to pray them every night for months. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, with my daughter's father, that's what I had to do. Some things were easy to cut. Some things were not so easy. And those tough things that are that, that are so tough to cut, you don't have to stay on your face. Mm. You're going to have to stay in the presence of God. You are going to have... Your relationship with him during this process is going to be so different than it ever was before. Mm-hmm. Because there is no way possible that you can do this on your own mm-hmm. without crying out to him. It's just not possible. And if you think mm-hmm. so, don't even waste your time. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Don't yeah. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's not going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was. Well, it I was, am it was so a, glad. Yeah. Go ahead. It was a hard. It was a hard process, but it was one. I'm telling you, once you feel that freedom, it'll be worth every tear that you had to roll trickle down your face as you were down on your knees in the presence of the Lord. It'll be worth mm-hmm. every bit of it. That's right. That's nothing right. Like that freedom. Hmm. No, it's not. It's nothing like <laughs> it. It's nothing sure. like it. When you break free or you get free or you get delivered or take your yes. pick or phrases, hmm. I mean, you you can look back and you might say, oh, look, look where I came Girl, from. You know, I'm telling look what you, I came absolutely. from. Thank you, God, for delivering me from yes. that situation, you know, whereas maybe two years, you know, if it happened two years ago or if it happened 20 years ago, you know, uh-huh. when it happened, you mm-hmm. didn't know how you were going to make it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I just thank you for sharing sharing the five ways of breaking the soul ties because, People sometimes are in so much pain, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know where to turn. They don't know what the first step is yeah. to do. And um, 
you have really laid out a blueprint on how to to come through it. So I've enjoyed you being on the show. Um, You definitely have to come back. You have to come back on the show. Absolutely. but before we go, I want you to share with everyone how they can reach you. Um, tell us when 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 we can expect the the CD and the workbook to to be on the market, so that people can okay. order it. And you know, you have a book coming out, so just tell us. Tell wrap it, wrap it. I like to throw stuff at everybody. <laughs> Not, don't mind me. Don't mind me. I throw it all That's at okay. you. Pick what you want to take That's all and. Okay. Okay. Well, the five steps to breaking soul ties. Um, I plan within the next two weeks to have that out and up on my website, ready to be to be purchased. Um, my website is ChristinaSaunders dot com, and you can go there and check my website out um, as. For the next two weeks, I'm actually running a special where I'm giving a free 15-minute consultation. So if anybody wants to check it out and book in a time, if you just go to the appointment and you can book a time there and we can go from there. Um, You can also reach me on Facebook. I have a page called Love to Be You, and that love is spelled L-U-V, two as in the number two, B-E, and daily, I um, on this page is where I just try to drop some inspirational things um, because I think a lot of times in the hustle and bustle of daily life, as women, we get overwhelmed with the many hats that we have. And sometimes when you go there, you can see something that will be like, oh, God, that was just for me. I needed that today. Mm-hmm. Because I think during the – we all need a word. We all need yeah. something. We all need some encouragement. encouragement. We all need to know. Mm-hmm. You know, we all need to know that we're not the only ones going through something at that time. And one thing that you'll find about me on the page, I share a lot about my life. I am very real with people. I am very raw. I don't mm-hmm. sugarcoat it. I tell people quick, I don't work in a bakery, so I don't sugarcoat nothing that I say. <laughs> you know, right. what That's you see right. for me is what you get. You know, some people can deal with it, some people can't, but that's just who I am because I think at this day and time, we need people to be real about their story. That's right. That's right. Because you know what? I think sometimes that people, you know, there's people walking around in shame, walking around Mm -hmm. with guilt because they don't know that, you know, so-and-so who may be in the pulpit or on TV or, oh, you know, yes. people we see out and about, you know, you think there's no story behind that. You think there's no story behind things that they've gone through. And, no, there's stories. You know, some people choose to lay it to the side and not talk about it. But there, yeah. there needs to be more people like yourself coming to the forefront saying, I'm not sugarcoating anything. I'm going to tell you raw, real deal, holy field. Um, yeah. You know, and you came straight out the gate at the beginning of the show, and I so appreciated that, you know, <laughs> just like, look, this is what I, you know, this is what was going on for me. And yeah. 
you, you, people don't hear that enough, and I and I thank no. you for for sharing and being oh, no. who you are, just how you are. Well, I thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity to share that with other people, so that they do realize that you know there is life mm-hmm. after the tragedy. You can live life. You can be happy. You can be healthy. You can live life. You do not have to stay stuck in what happened. That's right. I think the biggest thing that I've said before is God turned my pain into purpose. That's right. I could have stayed stuck in the pain, but there was a purpose behind the pain. And once he revealed that to me, I had to be open and willing to surrender to him to walk into that purpose. That's right. So it it may be painful right now, but just know that behind the pain is always a purpose. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much again. I've enjoyed you, and like I said, you are a friend to the show. You can come back anytime. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about, um, I am here. I am here. Well, I thank you. So you are welcome. I enjoyed welcome. this. Yes. <laughs> I did, too. I told you it, it, we, we're just having a conversation, and we yes. happen to be on the radio, you know, and you oh, forget sometimes it. that you're even on because you're you're. I know yeah, you're, you're, you're into talking about what you're talking about, and I'm telling you, inevitably, every show that I do, I get an inbox, I get a, a, a an email, I get <laughs> something from somebody saying, oh, my God, I listened to that show, and what they were talking about set me free, or I needed to hear that right at that moment, or I, oh, good. every show, yeah. every show. So That's I thank you all for about. coming on. I thank you for sharing your testimony. It is going to help somebody. It is going to free somebody. I know it. Mm. And yes. um, that's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. So with that being Absolutely. said, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will see you next week, Monday, June 29th, where we will be interviewing Lori Fortuna, she is a coach, and she's going to be coming on talking to us about education and how coaches can help teenagers uh, go to college. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you all next week. Bye-bye. Okay, okay, my life. Is a good life. I'll say, I'll say, my life is
Agape International Choir welcoming you this morning with Arne Batson. That was our choir dancing. We stand on solid ground.